Welcome in, everybody, to a new episode of the Pocket Aces podcast. So glad you could tune in if you're out there listening. My name is Doug. Unfortunately, not much has changed in the world or, or even yet in New Jersey. So unfortunately, Sean unable to join me uh, for another episode here. Trying to We're trying to figure out some way for him to be able to join in on a podcast episode despite this quarantine, stay at home, whatever the heck you want to call it thing that we have going on here in New Jersey right now. Um, we're trying to figure something out. Like I said, maybe do some kind of a, a Skype or a FaceTime podcast or a um, uh, over the phone type thing. We're not quite sure just yet, but we're, we're trying to figure it out. So um, stick tight. Sean will be back soon. Don't worry. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get back to, to normal here on the Pocket Aces podcast. But uh, for now, it is just me. Um, by the way, I hope you all um, out there have checked out our new YouTube page. We have some new videos up. Um, I've been doing some online poker session review videos. Um, it's actual video screenshot off of the um, off of the actual session itself, and then I go back and I watch it later and kind of do a voiceover to it. So if you have a chance to check that out, feel free to jump over to our Pocket Aces podcast YouTube video, and feel free to listen to me talk about how I think I play poker online. So um, we're going to try to see if maybe we can expand that and have Sean in on that as well in the future. So um, that's just a new, uh, we're calling it a new extension of the Pocket Aces podcast, but it is me. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please feel free to do so. If you have, I I really appreciate you um, checking that out so far. So um, obviously we usually like to start every episode um, of the Pocket Aces podcast with some Atlantic City news. Unfortunately, at this point, there is no news to announce just yet. Um, today is April 17th, so it's uh, we're, uh, I guess, a little over two weeks away from this April 30th deadline that was originally set out. So I don't know exactly what the plans are. I've been trying to read up on what the plans could be for Atlantic City. No one knows, so it's really going to kind of be a a a day-at-a-time type thing, I guess. So um, I will say, though, um, I had a great experience calling over to Hard Rock. I am at a level at Hard Rock where I can comp rooms over there, which is nice. Um, and I gave a call over to them last week, spoke with a very nice, uh, very nice girl, uh, who took the call. I honestly, I wish I could remember her name. Um, I don't think I necessarily would want to put it out there anyway, but I wish I could just remember it in general. Um, I was able to book a room at Hard Rock for Memorial Day weekend. Again, I kind of asked. I said, hey, do you know what the plan is? She told me that they're booking rooms starting May 1st. That, of course, could change, but uh, it sounded relatively confident that by Memorial Day weekend they would be open, so I've got my fingers crossed that that will work out because Hard Rock is my, my home away from home. I've said it on one of our earliest episodes of the Pocket Aces podcast. Hard Rock is my favorite casino down there, and I would love to be able to to stay down there again. It's been, God, it's been since probably July since I actually got to stay down there, and it's probably been just as long since I even went inside Hard Rock. So, um, or actually, no, I would have, I think I went back in the fall, but I didn't stay. So, Um, I'm hoping that I can go. Fingers crossed that by then it's open. Me, personally, I'm not going to be afraid to go in. Um, I'm I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to be worried if they say it's open, I'll be going. So, um, I'm going to go down, spend some time on the beach, go to the, uh, probably the hard rock beach bar. 
um, if it's open, of course, by then. Um, but definitely would at the very least do the Land Shark Bar at resorts. Land Shark Bar, sorry, Hard Rock. Land Shark Bar is my favorite beach bar um, in Atlantic City, despite the fact that Hard Rock is my favorite casino. So um, I'm trying to make plans in my head, but of course we kind of have to wait another month before we can find out what's going to, a little over a month actually, since we can actually find out what's going on there. So not much news on the Atlantic City front other than um, other than that, and of course, I believe the March numbers came out for Atlantic City's casinos. Obviously, when you're not bringing any money in after March 16th, the back half of the month is going to be all zeros. So it's obviously very tough, but apparently online gaming is up, which of course it would be. Why not? I think everybody who likes going to the casino is getting in on the online thing, even if you haven't before. Um, I've done online poker a lot, but I've never really done the online gaming side. I've never done um, online blackjack, online slots, but obviously to satisfy that little craving that's there, I've been doing it a little bit. It's not the same thing, obviously, but it's something to just get you, hold you over. And I will say for me, it's not necessarily the actual betting aspect. I've kind of learned that about myself. I love to go to the casino. I love to gamble, but... It's more about the actual being there. It's about the I've, – I've learned through the online gaming thing that to, for me it's more about the atmosphere and actually being there than the actual betting part. I know unfortunately there are people out there that need to gamble, that need that rush um, of actually you know the actual gambling part of it. For me, it's I guess it's about the atmosphere because the online gaming thing hasn't really done it for me as it would have actually being there. So um, – the only thing interesting to me that's really come out during this whole mess, whole ordeal, is that obviously some people out there may know that the NBA is looking at some possible um, neutral sites to have to conclude their season or possibly just host playoffs. And a couple of weeks ago, Atlantic City was one of those topics. I'm sorry, was one of those locations that were, was being discussed. And there was a very interesting article that came out on NewJersey.com, and I have it here in front of me, where it says, or uh, it says coronavirus in New Jersey, why Las Vegas has advantage over Atlantic City as possible NBA home. Um, I'm not going to read the article. That's just the headline of the article. And obviously the first thing is, duh, Vegas has a lot over Atlantic City. It has more venues. It has more things for the athletes to do. It has a larger area for all the athletes to walk and go and have things to do. They can go to shows. They can go to clubs. They can go to bars and stuff like that. They, of course, can gamble. There's more casinos and hotels in Vegas to have the to host the players, I should say. There's more venues in Vegas that are already suited for sports. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, T-Mobile Arena comes to mind. MGM Grand Garden Arena comes to mind. Orleans Arena comes to mind. Um, I believe there is a arena. There's another arena in Vegas. So, oh, um, UNLV, Thomas and Max Center. Um, there's there's a bunch of other casinos that have arena type venues in them that could host. So obviously, that's why Vegas is the better selection. Now, what could possibly make Atlantic City a better selection? There are in Atlantic City less distractions. There's less places to go, but there's stuff that could be done to entertain. 
Obviously, the one thing that Vegas is going to, I'm sorry, the one thing that Atlantic City is going to have over Vegas is the beach, the Atlantic Ocean. Now, I completely understand if most NBA athletes or if most athletes in general don't necessarily want to sit on the beach while their season is going on and they're trying to focus on that. But what do most of those athletes do when they go to Miami, when they go down there? What do most um, hockey players do when they go to Fort Lauderdale to play the Florida Panthers? You know, they probably all go sit out on the beach. So that's the one thing that Atlantic City would have over Vegas is you have the beach, you have that seaside atmosphere. And, you know, I, I know that those of you out there listening, as I, you know, as I always say, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Feel free to comment on here if you have something you want to mention about this topic. I know that Atlantic City is a place where you don't want to go out to Atlantic Avenue at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I get that. And I get that you're not going to want to put NBA athletes in that position. You're not going to want NBA athletes strolling down the boardwalk and have you know, the potential for the certain individuals that are on the boardwalk as the night goes on. You know, I understand that you're not going to necessarily want these athletes coming into contact with the type of people that are in Atlantic City and around Atlantic City and surrounding areas. And you get that in Vegas, though. There are places in Vegas you're not going to want to go. There's places in Vegas you don't want to drive to, you don't want to walk to or walk through. You've got that in both places. Unfortunately, I think that comes with the territory being around casinos. I've heard that if you go to anywhere in the U.S., the area around a casino is just not great. Unless, of course, it's the Mohegan Sun Casino up in, in like the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area because there's not much around it anyway. So it's just one of those things where I, I get it. Vegas has a lot more over Atlantic City. The other thing that I was thinking about is the uh, the venues, the arenas. One of the things you've got to consider in that regard is, yes, you've got Boardwalk Hall, which is huge. It can seat 10,000 people. And then I think some people seem tend to think that that's it. No, you're probably not going to have spectators anyway. And if you are, you're just, if you are going to have spectators, you're not going to have that many. So... What are some other locations in Atlantic City that could host a basketball game? The first thing that comes to mind is the arena at Hard Rock, the Mark G. Edis Arena, Hard Rock Live, whatever you want to call it. That location is very much set up to host basketball. The floor of that area is easily can easily fit a basketball court. And then you've got the seating area where fans could sit, and then the stage where the bands perform, that's where you could set up the media area, because I know for basketball games, the media is usually set up on the, you know, is set up courtside or behind the, the, like I know for the Sixers, the media is pretty much set up behind one of the baskets. You could set up media on the stage area. So that's very easy to do. I don't know where you would put a scoreboard, but you could make it work. You could put temporary things up. So Hard Rock could be a secondary venue. The good thing about that too is you could pretty much confine most athletes that are going to be playing, basically pick four or five teams that are going to be playing at Hard Rock specifically, all those teams could stay at Hard Rock or Showboat right next door, which could work too. Bart Blatstein could see a, a nice little uh, nice little boost in 
um, a nice little boost in the what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, it just completely escaped my mind. Boost in the occupancy of Showboat's hotel. That's one thing you got to consider. If you don't necessarily want to put the athletes in all the casino hotels, put them at Showboat. Showboat has a ton of rooms that they could put them in. A sec, a third venue that comes to mind is Tech is potentially you could have them at Ovation Hall at Ocean. The Ovation Hall at Ocean. I think if the I think the floor, despite the fact that it's set up weird and is kind of in that fan shape like an amphitheater or a normal theater, you could set up a basketball court there. I know the bleacher seats can push in and out like bleachers, so you could make it work there as well. And again, you could set up um, you could set up the media on the stage. You, there's those like little club boxes on the side of the stage there that you could set them up on. So again, a third potential venue. Now, obviously, the one thing that you're probably all listening to out there, if you know Atlantic City well and you've heard me, is, well, duh, the Atlantic City Convention Center. I know, and that would be my fourth venue. And what's nice about the Convention Center is it's large enough to where you could wall it off and have two courts. Now, I understand that if you want to have fans in attendance, it's going to be very difficult to have those have fans in that air in that venue because there really isn't bleacher seating. Now, I know I I know potentially you could go out. I know you can I've heard that you can rent bleacher seating. You could do that. You could rent bleacher seating or whatever and move that in there. So, there's your potential for four venues to host basketball in Atlantic City with five courts because I think you could technically split the convention center in half or maybe even into thirds. I haven't been to the convention center in a long time, but you could maybe even set that into thirds if it's big enough and have three courts right there. So if you're going to say that Vegas has Atlantic City, has venues over Atlantic City, I just want you to, I want to stop short of that and get you to think that there is the potential for four different venues in Atlantic City and potentially five, six, or even possibly even seven courts that you could have in Atlantic City to host basketball. So do I truthfully at the bottom, in the back of my mind, think that Atlantic City is going to be the place the NBA goes to have the playoffs or to finish the regular season? No, it's going to be Vegas. Vegas makes the most sense. Everyone knows that. But if you want to isolate the players, if you want to have the players around less people that travel, that's something you got to think about. A lot of Vegas is 95% people coming from all over the country and all over the world. After this is all over, where do you want these athletes? In that environment where they're going to be around millions of people that come from all over the world because Vegas has reopened? Or do you maybe want them somewhere where they're a little more confined around less people that travel in from other parts of the play area? Now, I understand you're going to get people coming to Atlantic City from all over Jersey, from Pennsylvania, from Delaware, from New York, people that could go to casinos in their backyard but choose to go to Atlantic City. By the way, if you are one of those people, thank you. Someone like myself who loves Atlantic City appreciates what you do because I understand you could go to the casino in New York, in Pennsylvania, in Delaware, but thank you for coming to Atlantic City if you are that kind of person. But anyway, it is something to think about. Atlantic City does have some positives that I think could outweigh it over Vegas. So do I think it'll happen? No. Would I like for it to happen? Would I think it would be cool? Yes. Um, would they have spectators? 
Who knows? No one knows right now, but it's just something that I wanted to discuss here since that's about all we could talk about in terms of Atlantic City news. So um, on to our main topic for this episode. Obviously, you'll see the title of this episode is called Why Poker? And something that I wanted to touch on in this episode, um, I know that we've kind of portrayed ourselves and advertised ourselves as a gambling podcast. I understand that we haven't talked a whole lot about gambling and the actual gambling, the, the games out there to play. So one of the things I wanted to touch on in this episode, especially since I'm, it's just me here, and maybe this is something we can bring back to talk to Sean about, but for me personally, I wanted to get into why poker. Poker is my favorite game to play at a casino, to, on my computer, with friends. It, it doesn't matter. Poker is hands down my favorite gambling game to play. Um, Texas Hold'em, of course, is what I'm talking about when I mean poker. Do I love stud poker? Yes. I've never really been able to play stud poker at a casino because the buy-ins are way beyond anything I do because for some god-unknown reason, most casinos don't do anything lower than like 510 stud. I don't know why. I really wish they would, but they don't. That's a topic for another day. But why poker? Um, and I'm going to get into a future Pocket Aces podcast episode. I'm going to talk about some of the other games that I like to play, but why poker? Why is poker my favorite game? There's just something about poker that sets it apart from any other game that you could play at a casino. First off, it's not playing against the house. There is obviously some house edge, I guess you could say, because they take rake and, and all that good stuff. But it's... It's the mind game, it's the mental, the mind slash mental game that you play among six, seven, eight, nine other people. Now, I start at six because generally I won't play at a table with anything less than six people. Um, if I get to the point where I'm at a poker table at a casino with five people, I'm going to get up and walk away. Four, I'm definitely getting up and walking away. Um, pretty much I won't play with anything less than six because that's enough of a rotation around the table for the blinds and everything to make it doable. Um, so anyway, back on topic. Why poker? It's, it's that mental game. I love that aspect of it. It's getting other people to think and it's having to think yourself as well. Um, there is an adrenaline rush with poker too that I don't think you necessarily get with any other casino game. Um, I mean, the only thing that I could really think of is there is somewhat of a rush in blackjack, I guess, because when you're, when you've got a hand and let's say you started with seven and you take a card and it's 10 and then you keep hitting, there's that rush of not knowing what's coming next. But it, it really doesn't compare to poker in my mind because in poker, it's the, it's the not knowing part. Now, trust me, I get it. There are poker players out there, Danny Negreanu comes to mind, who are so good that they could pretty much read you and sometimes know exactly what you have. That is what I also love about poker, is watching the pros and seeing how they do it and how it works in their heads and how they're able to do things that just other people can't necessarily do. And it's not that they can't ever do it, it's just that they can't necessarily do it unless you learn. And it's something that I'm still learning to this day. Obviously, when I play in home games, I, I know all my friends that play in home games. So for the most part, I can read them like I can read them like the front cover of a book. But it, it's gambling in a casino among people you don't know. It's 
the that rush of what's going to happen, what's next. It's learning your opponents. It's sitting at a table and playing 10 or 15 hands, trying to figure out how everybody is, who's loose, who's tight, who pretty much only plays when they have blinds, who always defends their blind, who always raises on the button, who it's it's all of that. There's so much going on at a poker game. And I think one of the reasons why I'm drawn to poker so much is that because growing up, I played ice hockey. I was a goaltender. It's a very fast game. It, it's I think that's what I like about poker. It's that poker is such a fast game. And it's not necessarily that a hand goes fast or it's that there's so much to think about and there's so much coming at you that you have to try to process in such a short amount of time. And it's it's just so it's just so much fun. And no limit obviously is even more fun than limit because the games can swing so much back and forth. Chip stacks can swing. You you could what's the line in rounders? Uh, anyone can get their you know anyone can get aces cracked and go on tilt and lose every chip in front of them as as well as their mind. I think that's the line. I think that's Matt Damon's line in the movie. Something like that. So it's that aspect of the game as well. And like they say in rounders also, there are so many swings in No Limit Hold'em that some people, even pros, won't play it because it's just that kind of a crazy game. And I think for the most part, if you're playing the stakes that I play at a casino, 1-2 No Limit, um, 2-5 No Limit, it's recreational players playing for fun. I don't think you're seeing too many people playing a 1-2 No Limit game that are going to, you know that are going to be playing in Vegas at the World Series of Poker. Now, I get it. Some of them do. Some of some people that you see playing at the Borgata, playing 1-2, are going to go play at the World Series. And all the power to them. And I obviously will root for anybody that comes out of Atlantic City. Um, Scott Blumstein comes to mind. You know, anyone that comes out of the Jersey area, whether it's north or south. Of course, I'm down here in south. But anyone that comes out of north or south Jersey and does well at the World Series, I give them all the props in the world because I know it isn't easy. So that's part of it, you know, and it's just, I'm, I'm sitting here right now trying to think of what can't I like about poker. I mean, obviously the, you know, going on tilt, losing all that stuff is one thing, but it's just such a fun, enjoyable game. It's, it's my favorite. And like I said, in a future episode, I'm going to do an episode where I, I'm going to do an episode in the future where we, you know, where I talk about other games, like I said, but I just, I'm sitting here and it's just, I'm thinking about poker hands that I've had. And that's something that I can get into as well right now. You know, one of the things that, you know, what are some of my favorite poker hands that I could think of? Well, one of the things that I could think of is, was a really cool moment where back in the summer, uh, me and a bunch of friends of mine went down to Atlantic City um, and we got our own private poker table at the Borgata. We called ahead. Borgata will let you do it. Um, and it was cool. We sat down. We said, okay, we're going to play 1-2, no limit. We had our own private room in the back. It wasn't in that back like high stakes room, but it was in the back corner. Um, they put us in there. They rotated dealers out every 30 minutes. It was really cool and it was fun to play at that level among like among friends it's it was no longer our home game in the basement where we were buying in for 10 bucks each and we just put stacks of chips in front of everybody everyone was putting down 100 200 bucks and 
It was real, and some of my friends had never done that before, but they knew the game enough to be able to play amongst us to where it's not like they sat down at a table with nine strangers and got, you know, got run out of town. It was fun to sit down among friends and play at that kind of level, and I want to do that again in the future, and hopefully we can, but it was cool. That hand, let me see if I can actually pull up the picture of the hand to, to give you some kind of reference. Um, let me see here. Give me one quick second. I'm going to try to find the picture of the way the hand ends. So anyway, uh, we're all playing. We're about, I want to say we're about an hour or two in. We all played for about three or four hours because what we did was we didn't stay at the Borgata. Um, we instead, what we ended up doing was... Here, I got it pulled up. So what we ended up doing was we stayed at Hard Rock, went to Borgata to do this, and then we ate at Bobby Flay Steakhouse. So we played for three or four hours before going over to dinner. So um, what ended up happening was I don't remember what my other buddy had, but I got dealt Ace of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. The turn comes out seven, deuce, ace. So I've got a pair of aces. I feel okay against a buddy of mine. Um, I don't remember what we bet or how we bet. Um, it doesn't look like the pot here was too terribly much, but it was pretty high, all things considered. Um, and I remember at some point, whatever point it was, it got just got down to me and one buddy of mine. The turn was another ace, and I'm like, okay, I've got trip aces. I've got to be set now. And then, um, so it's me and my one buddy, and then on the river, another ace comes up. I will never forget my buddy was first to act, and I'll never forget as he's sitting there thinking, the dealer goes, check or bet, as he's looking down at his chips, I look up at the uh, the TV screen right above us that has the high hand listed, and I see that it was, I don't remember for the life of me what it was, it may have been like trip, it may have been like quad tens or something like that, I don't remember what it was. But I just remember, I didn't even move my head. I remember just looking up with my eyes at the screen, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. So he bet, I raised, and he sat and thought about it. And the other thing that I needed to do, because I know at the Borgata for the high hand, you have to have like $20 in the pot or something like that. So, of course, I raised just to make sure that there was enough. Of course, there easily was. I think it was like a $50 pot. Um, but he thought about it, and he called. And I remember another buddy of mine sitting to my right uh, yes to my right goes all right who has the quads and he kind of just laughed and was joking and then i turn over the ace queen and he just goes holy shit and i apologize for my language out there um but he went crazy and no and everyone couldn't believe it and it was so cool to be among like eight or nine really good friends to have that happen and it was a high hand eligible table um it was quad aces with a queen, and what was even cooler was usually every half hour it's $250. No one from the half hour before won, so I actually had a $500 jackpot waiting. Now what was freaky to me was I had to wait like eight minutes for this jackpot to end. So I it counted down from like eight minutes, and I was nervous. I'm thinking, oh my god, someone's going to – of course, what else could you hit? Pocket, uh, sorry, quad aces with a king, a straight flush, a, a, a you know, a royal. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the chances of someone else in this room actually getting something better than that are slim, but you just never know. I've seen it happen before where someone has a really good high hand that you think is never going to get beat, and then at the last minute, with like a minute or two left, 
it gets it gets beat. It, it, someone gets a better hand. So I was nervous. I sweated that out, and then as the 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 gentleman that has the microphone in the room was counting down two, three, two, one, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. I had never before come even close to winning a high hand at any casino I played poker in. So that was cool to not only hit it, but to hit it among friends of mine. So um, that was cool. That was one of the. That's my top poker hand of all time. Um, the one that I can obviously comes to mind the most there, there's others. I mean, there was a hand one time where, uh, I was playing at Harrah's and there was, it was a one, two, no limit table. There was a gentleman at the other end of the table who he was older. And for some reason for like three hands in a row, he just kept going all in before a flop. It literally was like fold to him all in. So I got dealt pocket Kings and I, said, I'm going to call him. And I, I, I had him beat. I, I think I, if I remember correctly, I did have him. So it comes around to him and he does it again, comes back to me and I snap call. And the gentleman sitting next to me goes, you better have something. I turn over Kings and he had, he had, he had aces. So I don't think there was a cracked aces jackpot or anything going on at Harris at the time. I know that used to be a thing back in the day. Um, but he had aces, I had kings, and on the on the flop came a king. So I had the trip kings. It ended up playing out. I ended up winning the hand. I think he. I think I had him not by much. He, you know, older gentleman. I think if I remember correctly, he just whipped a hundred or two hundred out of his pocket, put it down on the table, and he bought right back in. But for some reason, I just never. I'll never forget. It was irritating me. I'm like, why does this guy keep going all in? And it was like three hands in a row. He would just fold around to him or come around to him, and he would go all in. So I had the pocket kings, and I just I went for it. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna call this guy. And that was that was a good day. Um, I think that was I think that was my best. I think to the to date that was my best all time, you know, finish. I, I think I ended up finishing. I, I brought into that game for like a hundred, hundred and fifty, and I think I ended up walking away with like three hundred or something. It was it was pretty good. Um, one of my other best all uh, one of my other best sessions that I could think of was one at. Um, showboat back in the day showboat is a poker room I really miss uh, something about that poker room was just so cool to me um, I miss that poker room a lot I wish showboat would reopen as a casino and they'd put a poker room back in there I know it wouldn't be the same thing because it World Series of Poker wasn't uh, sponsored anymore like they used to but um, that was another one where I think I bought in for a hundred on a this was way back in the day when I first started going to casinos and playing poker I bought in for a hundred and I think I walked away with over 200 so that was another good um, that was another good session that I could think of. There's, there's no hands that come to mind from that session. That was probably six or seven years ago. It's been a long time since then, but, um, it's just, that's what I'm talking about. It's those rushes. It's those moments where you're, you're nervous, your heart's racing, you're trying not to sweat, you're trying not to twitch or, you know, twitch your leg, twitch your arm, you're not trying to give something away. And that's just something that no other casino game has. I mean, I get it, you're going to get nervous playing blackjack, you're going to get nervous playing craps, um, but it's just not the same thing when you've got nine other people, eight other people, at a, or seven other people, whatever, at a table to worry about 
picking up on stuff like that. So, and it's, it's, it's just, there's so many awesome things about poker. I wish I had actually taken the time to write it all down before I started this, but there's just so many great things about poker. And if you haven't, if you're out there, if you like to gamble, but you've never given poker a try, give it a try, sit down, take 80 bucks to a two, four limit table or to a two, four, six limit table. That's how I cut my teeth playing two, four, six at the Tropicana playing two, four, six at Harris. Um, two four six at the Taj the first time I ever played poker at a casino two four six at the Taj Mahal and of course you know I knew how to play poker which was a good thing um, the whole two four six thing kind of confused the hell out of me at first because I didn't quite get it but eventually you catch on within that first session anyway but bah, god I miss those days when the Taj poker room would be packed on a Friday night there'd be 40 tables playing I miss those days that was a long time ago um, but I, cutting my teeth two four six like I said two four six and then some of the rooms have two four now Bally's I think only does two four um I don't remember if Harris does two four now it seems like the two four six thing isn't as popular anymore it's two four nowadays um I don't know why I don't know why you would go two pre-flop two flop two turn and river four I like the two four six it makes you more money but um and then you go to Gold Nugget, and I think Gold Nugget runs like a 3-6 no-limit game, which is weird, but cool, but weird. Um, it, you know, it makes you do a little bit more with your stack when you're still playing limit, but the stakes are a little higher, the blinds are a little bit higher. But um, it, it's just, that's how I started, and if you're out there listening, give poker a try. Seriously. I mean, if you've played poker before, you're going to have a rough idea of how to do it. Um, there's things, if you... If you're out there listening and you play in home games with friends but you've never played at a casino, go play at a casino because you don't really realize how different a home game is. I get it. You're sitting down with people. You're not playing online. You're sitting down with people. You may be playing for real money, but it's not going to be the same until you play against people that you just don't know and you don't know how they bet. You don't know what they're thinking. It's just so much fun. And I I have streaks where I go to casinos and I want to do play nothing but blackjack. I'm I'm been, I do real well at blackjack. You know I I don't want to use the term heater, but every now and then you get a stretch where you know I go to the casino two or three times, and those two or three times in a row I do really good at blackjack. Um, I don't let poker fall. You know I don't let poker fall away from me. It's just I do really well at blackjacks, but. And it's funny, whenever I seem to be doing really well at blackjack, I seem to not be doing well at poker. And when I'm doing well at poker, I'm not doing well at blackjack. It's kind of funny how that works. Um, that's just what it seems like anyway. But give it a try. Seriously, if you've never done it, do it. Start low, work your way up. That's how everybody does it. Most people, I dare say, don't jump right into a 510 no limit game. I dare say most people don't jump right into a 2040 stud game at Borgata. It just start low, work your way up and just do it. I know I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. Give it a shot, give it a chance. And it's a lot of fun and you'll just find out just how much it is. So like I said, a future episode of the pocket aces podcast, uh, I will touch on some of my other favorite poker, uh, favorite casino games. I should say, um, blackjack, especially a certain type of blackjack that the Tropicana has, or at least used to have. I really like, I'll get into that in the future. By the way, also, spoiler, not spoiler alert, but a little bit of a cliffhanger for future episode. Who would have ever thought that War, the game where you just turn a card over and if you have a better card than the other person, you win? 
Who would have thought that that would be so much fun as a casino game? I'll touch on that in a future episode of the Pocket Aces podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're out there listening, feel free to like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Feel free to like us on Facebook. Feel free to leave a comment on SoundCloud. Uh, Leave a review on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Uh, And like I said, feel free to leave a comment on Facebook or on YouTube. If you have anything you want to run by us, please do. If you have any questions for us, I'll touch base on it in a future episode. Episode, give you a shout out. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Doug, and I will see you next time on the next episode of the Pocket Aces Podcast. Take care, everybody. Thank you.